0: Hi, welcome to the Bill Selleck Talks Podcast, my name is Bill Selleck, this is me talking. I have had an idea kicking out of my head for some time about education, which is why you're here I'm guessing, um, and you're getting a podcast in the car, so forget the background noise unless you're driving, in which case you didn't even notice it, but you're not going to get the sultry low end of the nice microphone with the bass proximity, not the point the point is I figured it out and I have Scott Bedley to thank for it he randomly sent me an Operation Ivy song um with like no prompting he's just like oh I think Phil might like this song and the answer is yes Scott yes I do um and not only because it was like oh man like what a throwback to listen to these guys throughout like most of the 90s um but here's the thing it's about kids these days because I'm playing the, the Op Ivy, as we called it, and what I think most people called it, um, playing some Operation Ivy in the car on my phone. My phone can record podcasts. My record can play music without even having to, like, download it and connect it. It'll just stream it. This is a thing that is just normal now for us. And not only that, but when we listen to music from the 90s, or as my kids call it, the 1900s, we often get lyrics and so these songs that I've listened to hundreds of times a bunch of lyrics just no idea what they were until tonight God's like hey Up Ivy song I'm like Up Ivy album and what? that's what they say? what? Now I could have googled this some time ago that's not the point the point is that I was listening to the music and I had the lyrics right there in front of me and I'm, I'm driving so I'm not really reading the lyrics There are a couple parts where I'm kind of humming along or whatever, just paying attention to it. I was like, wait, that's the lyric? What? What? That is not what I thought. And if this is, let's say, 93, oh, 30 years ago. If you were listening to this album in 93, that was 30 years ago, and you had no hope of what the lyrics would be to most of the songs in the 90s and even the 2000s, um, unless it happened to me in the, those precious liner notes. And so what I have failed but attempted to do with my own kids is impart the magic and the beauty that is song lyrics on the phone. In Apple Music, you push the button, you've got the lyrics on most songs, on nearly every song. And that's an amazing thing that is, it's not a magical thing, it's a database and it's, a computer that we call a phone, and we can just, we have the lyrics, right? You're, you're with me. We have the lyrics, and this is an amazing thing. Because most of us, certainly those that are listening to this, I'm guessing, grew up without lyrics at the ready. All right? So I showed to my kids, they're like, whatever. You're older than the Internet, which is true and not true. But again, I'm going to lose them if I make the argument that the Internet is older than me. The Internet, as we know it, did not exist when we, most of us, we were kids, right? You will accept this? All right, so like, so naturally my thought goes from that to education. And when I think about how most of us spend most of our days teaching, and if we're taking any classes, how we spend most of our time learning, it's not that different from when I was in elementary, middle, and high school. It's the same basic thing. teacher says some stuff. We have some books. We still mostly do some worksheets, work in small groups, end up with a tri-fold poster. You know, like there's only kind of so many versions that um, we kind of recognize as school, right? Now, that's that's kind of part one is the song-lyric thing. The other connection that finally kind of made it the fluid form thought and why I must knock out this podcast episode before I get home is that we just had some dinner at Pizza My Heart. Amazing pizza. Shout out to Tim who we met in Capitola at the beach. Um, Talked with Chuck who uh, was a parent at our school. Um, Also started Pizza My Heart. And about pizza. Um, He's a brilliant dude and um even though you, you might not want to talk to the person who, like, owns pizza places about pizza, I end up talking to him about pizza. Um, and he said he's tried, like, I, I love, like, they have some amazing pizzas. I had one tonight. I don't know the names of the pizzas. They have a really cool name, like the Redwood or something, and it has, like, whole cloves of garlic and, like, green onions, and it had, like, bacon and, like, chicken. Um, like, legit pizza. Like, really just high-quality ingredients, right? And so, I'm driving back right now, just like, thinking about that, God, like, that solid slice of pizza, op Ivy comes on, and the thing, the reason I bring Chuck up with is that he said he's tried so many toppings, and at some point, it stops being pizza, and so he's always found out, like, where are those bumpers where you say this is a slice of pizza, and someone's like, yes, it is. And then at some point, you say this is a slice of pizza, and people go, no, it's not. I don't know what that is, but it's not a slice of pizza. Um, And and we've talked about this kind of more than once. I think it's a a really interesting analogy. And so if we take that and get us to the next level, I think, and movies reinforce us for sure, that us adults have, like, a very stereotypical view of what school looks like. Of what teaching looks like, of what learning looks like. Not of what good teaching or good learning looks like, not what student centered learning looks like. Like, just, like, take a moment. You don't even need to close your eyes. Are you picturing the thing I'm picturing? Chalkboard, maybe whiteboard on the wall. TV, maybe not. Probably an overhead projector. Like, I'm picturing, like, kind of Simpsons. Chalkboard, desks in rows big wooden heavy single seater desks. and that's basically like school we have those bumpers of like if you go too far you're like ooh, that's that's not school and so I think we we tend to like revert to this kind of like agreed upon idea of what school is much like with pizza we have this agreed upon idea of like what pizza is and isn't all right so we got all of that as John Ike might say, check, check, check. Um, and I've talked a lot on this podcast about pushing that, getting things more student-centered, students really like pushing the learning, more project-based learning, less sitting in rows, less worksheets, less homework. You know, like all of, all of the things like, yes, 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 check, check, check. I would think, and I may have made this argument before even on this podcast, if we have lyrics at our fingertips, we have kind of the world's information at our fingertips. The school we grew up going to was an information-poor environment. You had to learn these things because if you didn't learn them then, you couldn't look them up, really. Like, you're not going to walk around with an encyclopedia in your pocket or in your trunk. You know, it's like, you have to learn it now so that you will have it in your head. Your head is the keeper of knowledge, so learn the thing, right? Information for environment. And now, much like the Op Ivy album, I have all of their lyrics. And yet, how much has school changed? Like, in some ways, you know, like, we're mostly one-to-one. We've got Wi-Fi. We've got, like, more projects, more student-centered stuff. But it also, like... Like, the pizza slides, like, it still looks like school. Certainly in movies, it looks like school. Um, And I would say that, like, if you go into any random classroom in America, it's it's mostly going to look like what you expect it to look like. Okay? We've got that. I don't know that it needs to look that way. I would argue that it doesn't need to look that way that we have it kind of locked in our head, like just kind of frozen in time almost. But I'm going to take this one step further, Right? So I've been feeling that for a while. Not only do we have an information-rich environment, all of our students will have the world's information in their pockets or on their wrists or, like, over their eyes. VR is what I am now pantomime. Um Whatever it is, like, they've got the knowledge. We don't need to be teaching the knowledge. But what... Is I think, even more fascinating, and a lot of my recent episodes have been around AI and education. I'm going to finish on this, because I think it pushes this idea exponentially forward. Not only do our students have information-rich environment, access to the world's knowledge at all times, if nothing else, song lyrics to the Op Ivy album that was released in 89, which oof, dude, that is 34 years ago. Oof. They have all of that. And they can knock out a five paragraph essay with a one sentence prompt. They can paste their essay in and ask for feedback. They can paste their feedback in to any AI text generator, get suggestions, revision, have it spit back suggestions based on a prompt, make this sound a bit more formal, look at this, let me know if there's a place I can add an analogy. Like, whatever sort of, of coaching or mentorship or teacher a student wants, they can have in those AI bots, right? I think we're, we're stuck at the very, very beginning of it, which, which I think becomes like, a red herring, I guess, of like, kids are using chat GPT to write essays. And yes, they are, and yes, that's an issue, but they can't. So the point of me bringing up now is they can right? If that doesn't completely change what school looks like, my goodness, like, I don't know what other lever we need to propel us into whatever age of learning this is The age of AI, that feels ridiculous to say, right? Like you would think with the dawn of an information-rich environment. The world's knowledge is in our pocket. Maybe let's shift around, like, how we teach high school history, so I don't know. Like, kids don't have to memorize facts, and that's what 90% of AP U.S. history is. As an example, right? Like, you get the idea. So much, so much of what I did in school was memorized facts. And I know that still is there. I know it still has its place, right, particularly around math and number sense, right? I'm not discounting any of that. But really, like, we should be, like, schools should not look like they look like in the 90s, pre-smartphones in our pockets. I really feel like the idea with these AI text generators, it's going to push us to the point we're like, we have to, like, reimagine schools. And we've been talking about, like, God, it just, like, threw up in my mouth a little bit, just talking about reimagining schools. Like, that's such, like, a played-out thing to say. But my goodness, like, if there's ever a moment to go, you know what, like, maybe we should rethink these assignments and not have kids write a four-page essay about X or, you know, five-paragraph essay about Y. Um, about why, W-H-Y. Why? We have the internet and now we have AI that can generate all kinds of stuff for us. So, like, so what's next? (coughs) Excuse me. I I think that's the question. But I think we need to not just be like, yeah, how do we integrate the internet into our class? How do we integrate chatbots into our class? But actually, like, start doing it, and I I really feel like this is going to be that lever where it's not me talking to my kids going, back in my day, I didn't know song lyrics, and you should recognize how special that is, like, that is gone, that is played out, that is over, it's now going to be like, our kids are going to be like, you used to have to just stare at a blank page, that's how you worked, you used to write emails from scratch, are you kidding me, and my kids who are now mid elementary and middle school are likely at some point if they have kids of their own, those kids are gonna be like, You were alive back when to start with a blank page? Oh my gosh, you're older than AI? Oh and and God help us if we are still having deaths in rows, teacher at the front of the room, asking for the five paragraph essay when with one sentence prompt in chat GPT, or insert whatever text spot you want can knock out a thousand words for us, right? Like, regardless of the test, if that's good or not or whatever, and all the all the stuff that comes with that. But that is a thing that can happen now, and the internet can happen now and is in our pocket. So I wonder, like, what what is next for education? Because I think we're at the point where where we're finally ready to start seeing what's next. So, that's the riff. I can't believe I ended up saying that's the riff, but I'm going to stick with it. Um, I wonder, if you wonder too, shout out at me. Not right now, because I can't hear you. I don't hear you. This is a one-way thing. But like on the Twitters or the the wherever it may be. um, Are we on the Twitters anymore? I feel like we're not. Wherever you may be or may I be, Wherever may I be, uh, let me know what you're thinking about that, because that's my wondering right now. I I think that's the fully formed thought around, like, here's where we are, and there is going to be a new thing soon. Like, the new thing is here, and we need to make the new thing the new thing. All right? Are you ready to do that? All right, let's make the new thing the new thing. Thanks for listening. My name is Bill Selleck. This has been Me Talk.